All right. Good morning, everybody. This is our second po- podcast. What did we call it? Captured by Carly and Katya, yes. right? Yes. All right. And I was just amazed when I heard from Carly that people have already approached her about it at the gym <laughs> <laughs> and and have mentioned that um, that they listened to it. And, and her own dad is approving of the podcast from what I could tell uh-huh. yeah. and really liked it. And, uh, of course, I have been very critical of myself in regards to listening to it and the the first episode and what what I could do different. But for the most part, I am um, really glad with the way it turned out. Yeah. But I can't wait to actually bring people on that are even more interesting than we are. Yeah. <laughs> are we interesting, That'll be great. <laughs> I feel like other people are more interesting than me. <laughs> and... And, um, well, maybe then I haven't asked you the right questions yet. Maybe we'll just do a, <laughs> do a follow-up. Who's Carly? No, we'll find somebody else. <laughs> and um, so this episode today, we kind of have to keep short as best we can because um, our daughter Hannah will be calling in less than an hour. She's serving as a mission, uh, full-time missionary for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Um, out in Salt Lake, actually, and um, she is at the meeting house there at, right now, waiting for her mom to finish this podcast so she can call us. So I'm yep. grateful for her gracious patience and waiting because it is a rare experience that that we can talk to her. Well, not as rare as it used to be, but mm-hmm. we get to do it weekly. But it's um. But it's something that I usually keep my schedule free for in case she calls. And so I had to say, um, actually, I'm in the middle of a podcast. Call me back. <laughs> yeah, that's so, great. So, but she is able to do that and fit that in into her morning schedule and her P-Day, preparation day. So anyway, so here I am sitting with Carly, and I offered her some a cheese and fruit platter. In case she gets nervous, she can just dig in. Yeah, Because this is the episode where she um, is trying to introduce me to the public. And I'm starting to get nervous just thinking about it. I'm actually a bit nauseous. Don't. <laughs> so I will, I will. <laughs> is cheese the right answer right now? But um, So let's just dig in. What did you bring? We had, well, by the way, we had no idea of what the other was going to ask. No. So I, when, yeah. when I interviewed you, I, I uh, just, you know, brought it right up there. I didn't give any warning of what I was going to ask. Yeah, I should hide my questions over here. <laughs> It's so pretty, I don't show it's you. pretty small so I know it should be good well I wanted to if, can I I'm blushing that? already I know. <laughs> <laughs> well I know you're from Germany yeah and so I have a lot of questions about Germany and like I want to know just like how was life tell me about life growing up in Germany okay you were there till what age by the way I have to mention this this what? would be kind of sorry to sidetrack um <laughs> Today is a really special day. It's, oh, yes. It's my um, my husband's, Daniel, and my 30th wedding anniversary. We were sealed for time and all eternity in the Salt Lake Temple 30 years ago. In fact, in about 10 minutes, 30 years ago. <laughs> and I think the person in charge, there was some paperwork needed, lost the the sealing document papers. Oh, no. And maybe that should have been the first sign. Oh. <laughs> no, but we made it through it, and we 
were able to um, raise be beautiful children for beautiful children and so it's been a blessing and it's been a roller coaster ride um, sometimes the good lots of good sometimes the bad and sometimes the ugly but um, the ugly was more rare I would say mm -hmm. um, but it made us better and stronger and closer and and so um, well, let, we start, we are not we're not able to celebrate our thirtieth oh. anniversary anytime soon because he's wake working twelve hour shifts this week, um, but um, he surprised me last night. So okay, I want I do want to say this real quick. So after thirty years of mar marriage, what do you give? You have everything you really need, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not I'm not a girl that likes diamonds and things like that. I would like to eventually know that I get to see my family after not seeing them for ten years, and we met in Germany. Um, so we I would like to that. we would like to go together. Yes, he was serving as a missionary. Okay. Um, for the church, and I was nineteen at the uh, I was seventeen at the time. Yes. And six months after I joined our faith, our church. Um, was it just he, you or your family too? Just me. I'm okay. the only member um, okay. in my family. And uh, I was born and raised Lutheran. And six months after I was baptized, he was sent to my hometown um, as a missionary and uh, was there for eight months. And so um, I, at the moment that he, at the time that he was sent into my city, um, I was actually at the temple, my first youth temple trip in Switzerland. Um, so he was knocking with his companion at our door, knowing that my name was on the ward list mm -hmm. as a um, as a new member and wanted to introduce himself and his companion. So and I wasn't there. And I remember to this day that the note that my mom left on my desk that say? two missionaries were were coming by and they they were going to come back and introduce themselves. Uh -huh. So, um, and so we got to know each other quite well because of eight months, as well as you can with a missionary, I guess I should say, and um, and we became friends um, at the most. Right. So there was no romantic interest of any sort, um, at all, and uh, so yeah. What What did you guys like? talking about then um so i was i was for members of the church they will understand when i say i was um made a ward missionary so a mm -hmm. ward in our church is a congregation and um i was um given that charge or that calling to be a ward missionary um a few months after he got there and so we worked together quite a bit the missionaries would come over to our house and um, and we would we would make plans of where to go, who to visit, um, who needed visits, and what to talk about. So, in fact, I remember one time, um, oftentimes to get around in Germany, the transit system is very reliable. Um, I don't know if it's the same for most parts of Europe, but in Germany it's very reliable. So there's a streetcar that you take to get through town. There's um, buses, town buses, city buses. <clears throat> and uh, one time we got, 
we were we were getting on the streetcar and getting off and there was still a lengthy walk to get to this apartment building to visit some people from Africa and talk to them about the church. And he and his companion on that walk, I remember, taught me the Pledge of Allegiance in oh, English. Cute. And so <laughs> That's what they taught you. So okay. yes, yeah, so years later, um here I am homeschooling our kids and mm-hmm. I incorporated prayer in the morning and the Pledge of Allegiance. Mm-hmm. And just remembered very well where I learned it. So just That's fun little memories cool. like that. Yeah. I love that. So, yeah, it was a cool time. It was an exciting time. Were you sad when he got transferred? Did he go home after that eight months or was he just No, I think he went to another ta- city um, okay. before he was leaving um, the mission. So he served us two years and... And had one more city, I think, afterwards. And he broke the rules by writing to me once or twice, but really just a quick card. And um, because we became Became comfortable, but not, you know, but there was nothing else. So, um, and then then he would just like, how's, like on a postcard, he would say, how's your goal um, coming along in regards to going to America someday or something like that. But also he's admitting that it wasn't with the intent because I really want to see you or something. Just mm-hmm. out of friendly, you know. Friendly Friendly connection, up. yeah. Yeah. And so... Um, How long after that did you plan to go to America? What was, what was that timeline there? I don't know the timeline exactly. I do know that because your um, family was still Lutheran right? so I was at the time yes I was at the time um really becoming firm in the faith and mm-hmm. that was a spiritual process of course and journey yeah um and it was hard for me to claim that I understood what it feels like when the Lord talks to you so receiving personal rep- revelation because I was so new at it yeah. um but I couldn't um I, I I was actually at the time an apprentice for uh, an attorney. So I was um, in an apprenticeship to become a paralegal. <clears throat> and apprenticeships are anywhere from two and a half to three years. And you work under contract, you get paid every month. And I would say about a year after I started the apprenticeship, um, I uh, learned... I learned about the church and stuff and and joined the the church and um and then had probably I would say another 7 months or so where I thought that's that's way too of a lofty goal to someday go to America but it that, you thought it was out of reach. Yeah, but that desire became more and more and it yeah. um stronger and stronger and so I started praying about it and received the answer that I needed to go and my um after about two and a half years you take a state board exam um and I flunked it because I wasn't studying and Mm -hmm. um but shortly after that um or sorry shortly before that it really solidified my faith really solidified and I said I either can take my faith and live it and and try to apply it in every way, in the way I study, in the way I learn, in the way I, um, you know, um, handle myself in daily life and whatever given situation. Or I can just say, yeah, I kind of like the church and just 
go on Sundays. So really right, learning yeah. to apply it day by day in different situations. Um, you had to decide for yourself how you. I had to, to decide for myself. Yes, and. And you're the only one in your family. Correct, and so, um, and then I learned also to really search through prayer for answers in different for different areas of my life, and one of the questions that I asked on my knees was, um, "Do I do I need to go?" And my parents had said. If the second try, the state board exam, when you pass it, will reward you by either paying for your driver's license, which is very expensive over there, um, or a round-trip ticket to the States. By then, I'd already found out that I can actually, from missionaries, that I can take a driver's test here since I'm already over 18. Mm -hmm. At the time that I would be going, I would be over 18, and then have it written over once I come back to Germany. Well, yeah. about... So I chose the round-trip ticket, of course. And yeah. so about um, two months before I got on that plane, I felt the strong impression. I think actually it was... No, it was more like four months before that. Um, but I didn't start telling people until two months before I left. That you were um, going. That I wasn't gonna just go in fact I, the it started being confirmed when my sister came with me um, the university that she was attending had a travel agency and so as we were sitting there making a choice between do I go in June or in July I had the strong feeling or what we call now impression now that we know what it is um, to take the more expensive one in July July 8th and that's the one I went with and then the other impression that I didn't share with my sister was that I knew I wasn't going to come back at that moment your sister didn't know no I didn't tell anybody is this so, older sister or younger sister? older sister older half sister. sister so she's sitting there with me and I am what 18 years old and she's planning on going with no, you or no, she no. just helping she you was, plan it she was coming with me to make the reservations okay. In fact, that very ticket I still have in a memory box because the return flight was unused. So I should really contact Lufthansa and say, can I still redeem that? So, <laughs> so, so because when you it picked literally, the return date, you knew... When I turned eight? On the return date. Oh, the return date. I'm like, what? When I turned eight? She was, fo she was like, okay, you're going to come back. They let me keep it open. Since oh, we weren't good. sure when in three months, I told everybody in three months when the money run out, runs out, my savings run oh, out, okay. um, I will I will be back and then we'll just um, we'll you know we'll just leave the flight open and then I'll call it in when I know what day I want to come back and the travel agent said yeah you can do that so okay. I still have that ticket okay. that unused ticket so anyway um, did you know anybody else in the states to. Like where, so yes, because of mission, point? because where? of missionaries serving in my hometown, um, there was a sister missionary um, that served. She was from Orem, and she has um, a younger had a younger brother at the time and his young wife, and they had two little children, Viv's age, and younger, mm -hmm. <clears throat> so a toddler and a baby, and they. Um, and the sister missionary got me in touch with them and 
or checked with them if they would be willing to let me stay with them. So um, that was nice. That was that was very nice, nice, very sweet. And for me, in exchange to help out with the kids and and for free room and board. Mm -hmm. And like I said, in every my savings, you know, I I tell people I came with two thousand dollars in two suitcases. I put every penny that last year of earnings away. Um, I remember my dad grumbling quite a bit when I didn't buy my own shampoo and stuff like that. Um, And I said, I have a goal. Got to meet that goal, I got to meet that goal. (laughs) And and so, yeah, I went. And uh, Orem was my first home. The Wilkinson family um, took me in. And it was a very sweet experience. Culture shock. So in Germany... um, in Germany, you can access everything fairly easily, either by foot or um, streetcars or buses, like I mentioned earlier, trains. Uh-huh. Um, so the distances are not as far as they are here. So I remember vividly one day thinking, gosh, it's so hot here. You know, it was July 8th. Mm-hmm. It's pretty hot here in, in Utah. Um, and And I want to get out of the house. I don't. You know, air conditioning works well and stuff, but I should be able, I know where the main street is. I can walk up there. Um, and I do remember the mall mm-hmm. where supposedly you can go shopping. I needed a shirt or something. And um, and so I walked out of the neighborhood and walked up to the hill up the street where I saw the mall in the distance. And I said, oh, that's you know, easy to get there. And I remember getting there and being so <laughs> fried and worn out. And I called her and I said, I'm going to hang out here for a couple hours, but can you please pick me up? Yeah. <laughs> I remember Too buying long, a walk. Yes. Up. She said, where are you? At the mall. Are you crazy? You walked to the mall. So <laughs> the distances are much different. And I have uh-huh. to mention, since it is our anniversary today mm-hmm. um my husband is from so dan is from toledo ohio and he and his mom and younger siblings that were still living at home um went to utah the same time that i came um for vacation they had a friend and um his mom had a friend in bountiful um and so they visited her and stayed with her and so the first three days of me coming to the States, um, he called me the next day. He actually tried to... So what happened was, while I was still in Germany, he had already gone home. And one of those right. cards or letters were about, um, so are you still planning on coming? And if so, yeah. was it this year? Was it next year? What are your plans? Yeah. And um, and he was telling about who all he was dating and stuff like that, and I was like, "What? Why is he? Why, why is he telling me, me all this? that?" Yeah. So really, there was no interest, and uh-huh. and and um, and so then um, then I received one of those cards or one of those short letters where he asked, and I wrote him back, and I said, "Yes, in in July eighth, I'll be coming." Right. But I never heard back from him. So, mm-hmm. and I wasn't really waiting to hear back either. Right. But I found out later that he came to the airport and wanted to surprise me by 
pick, the 8th. pick him up on the 8th of July. But Came to the Salt Lake, but I didn't see him, and here's why. Thanks to my dad, he thought he'd be smart. He, he was not accustomed to, none of my family, I don't know if my sister took a train to Paris or if she flew, but none of my family traveled by plane up to that point. I was the first one to oh. ever get on a plane, okay. as far as I know, unless my, like I said, my, my sister went to tra- uh, Paris a couple of times, took, a, took an airplane. Mm-hmm. And so my dad thought that the arrival date and time still needed to be configured into local time. So he thought oh. with the time change, time difference, he would do the math mm-hmm. and came out totally wrong And when we would get there. And so the family, right. the young couple that picked me up, were at the airport at the time that he appointed, which wasn't the time that I was actually right. landing. So yeah. total chaos. Mm-hmm. And uh, so Dan and I didn't get to meet there, but he called the next day and said, hey, do you want to go water skiing? And I'm like, who is this? <laughs> who is this <laughs> Who is this? And, and um, talked in German and fluent German. And so I said, I don't... I don't I don't even know how water skiing works. I'm not going water skiing, right, yeah. but we can meet up. Got here. But we can meet up. I'm still unpacking. Mm-hmm. So needless to say, we've spent the first three days together, and I always crack the joke, saying there was a difference in seeing him in a swimsuit than his missionary suit. Oh, there had to have been. <laughs> right? Yeah. And so I, I'm always joking when I say that did it for me. So, mm-hmm. um, but no, we we spent three days together, and and it just was different. It started. A different yeah. vibe between So he was us. in Bountiful visiting family. So he would come down. He picked me up, actually. We went up to our first date was at Bear Lake. Oh, we love Bear Lake, yeah. That was our first date. And, um, yeah, I don't want to get too much into details, but I did not go into that water. Yeah, that we don't want I did not easy. get. No, not <laughs> those kind of details. But I did not get into the water that day. But he did, and I was on the boat with with uh, the friends that came along and we picnicked there and stuff like that. And and I remember mm-hmm. um, we kind of got, we didn't snuggle up or anything. It was still strange to meet each other in that yeah. way after you've after been being in Germany. missionary, yes. and, right? Uh-huh. Um, and so there was nothing in that regard, but, but I remember pulling out the scriptures <laughs> You did? And reading them. On the boat? Just to, no, when we were on the blanket and when we were sitting there eating, munching and picnicking and everybody was talking English and everybody was talking fast and I didn't know what they were saying and I felt kind of left out. And so I was like, I'm just going to read my scriptures here in the shade. (laughs) It was weird. I know, but still. (laughs) Did he come over to you? He was sitting on the same blanket and we talked... So he would talk English with the people around, right. but he would talk in German with me. Uh-huh. So, um, you knew some English though, right? Very, very little. Very, very little. It, it's very different. The Oxford English that I learned in school is very different than oh. than what was spoken here. Okay. So I felt, yeah, it was it was rough, um, and so it, yeah, it was a nice three days. We, um, in fact, we went to Provo that night, that evening, with those friends that were on the boat uh-huh. and um, played putt-putt. Golf. Golf, uh-huh. mini golf. And, um, yeah, then he was starting to get a little bit more touchy-feely there, like, oh, we're on a team and 
put his arm around me and I'm like, we're not on any team. <laughs> what are you talking about? You're constantly losing. I'm winning. That's he, not a team. <laughs> he was trying to get on your good yes, side. Yes, yes. He knew he had limited right. time left with you, right? So. Right. And exactly. <laughs> and we get logical, right? Uh-huh. We're like, I'm not going to just hand myself over in three days and not know what happens after right. that, right? Yeah. So, and, uh, so yeah. So I was the... <laughs> I was the cautious one. And somehow here we are 30 years later with four kids. <laughs> we figured something I out. I love that story. <laughs> so then the next day, if I remember correctly, the next day out of those three days, we set a goal to visit one of the missionaries that had taught me the discussions in Germany. Oh, yeah. Brent Hadley. Um, and, uh, and they were in Utah? And they were not too far from Bountiful. So he came to pick me up. Uh-huh. and um, we drove up there and couldn't find his house and then spent the day together at a park picnicking and doing some other things. I forgot where we went. It was so long ago, but we just kept busy and stuff. And then... By that um, point, were you warming up At that somewhere? point, so this was day two, yeah. we stayed in Bountiful together that night at that friend's house. Okay. And... Um, and there were lots of people around and his mom was there so that was a good thing yeah. <laughs> but um, but then we were starting to get a little bit more trusting I would say or I trusted okay. and um, I trusted that it felt okay to be there with him and get to know him and it was okay to do that even though there was a lot of uncertainty after that right, right. three days yeah. I mean what's three days and what's you just an got to after? a whole new culture a whole new country right mm-hmm. and and you're supposed to like figure out if you like this guy or not and it's like mm-hmm. and what does that mean anyway right mm-hmm. and so um, but what I did like was that we knew each other from a spiritual with a spiritual start we saw each other at work so to speak and where our convictions were Mm -hmm. and that was i would say in its purest form you know Mm -hmm. there was no other pretense of any sort no other desire for anything else Mm -hmm. and you know over the years of course i asked and sometimes i joked around with him and i he said no i I noticed you had nice legs, but that was about the extent of it. <laughs> that that was the extent of where I was allowing to go <laughs> in my mind. So he was controlling. Yes, himself. that's good. So, um, and then um, did you meet his mom? Since yeah, in Bountiful. Yeah, okay. up there. What did What did you think of her? Um, very warm, friendly, um, family with each other, but that was a tough judgment for me to make anyway because I didn't speak English. And so the few words that she spoke or that they spoke, the way they spoke with each other was very fast. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I had, I remember the first few years of our marriage, I think he or I bought me a a keychain. Um, what do you call that? Something you hang on your keychain. Like a keychain charm or something, whatever you call a key it. Key charm? Yeah, I don't know. A key I charm? Should we call it a key those. charm? You know those things that you hang on your keys, right? Anything, something funny or something. Yeah. So anyway, that was one that said a joke and it said, "Ha ha ha!" I don't get it, and it just really summed up 
how often I felt like people were joking and sharing jokes and I didn't get it because they're like, but I would laugh along, you know, just, and so I, I remember feeling that very strongly there. I wanted to get to know this family, but I had no idea really what they were saying. Yeah. How to go about doing it. Right. And they were only there for a few more days. Right. And then you were back in Orem with the family. And I started feeling something towards him that night that second night when we were sitting on the balcony and um first we were going for a walk and it was still hot even though it was dark and um you know we were laying in fact um we joked in german we were laying out on the street it was like no traffic it was one of those um neighborhoods in bountiful that there's just no traffic really so we were laying on one of those roads or on the sidewalk or something and just looked at the stars, just laying there without a blanket, just right on the pavement, but it was so warm still. Yeah. And um, looking at the stars and talking about Germany and things like that. And um, and uh, and then we went back to the house and, <clears throat> and spent a few more hours talking on the balcony and just sitting, sitting out on the wood, not on chairs or anything, mm-hmm. but just... And I was starting to get really tired, and um, oh, and one of those one of those things that happen as a foreigner, you just there are so many things that you guys take for granted that to us is not, you know, it's new, it's different. Mm-hmm. I remember walking out onto the balcony with a paper cup of some juice or something, and I didn't know what a storm door was, and oh. <laughs> and it it had the not the um glass part but the net part in it and yeah. it was dark and so i i saw it? the first door open and i kept <laughs> you ran into I, yes i ran into <laughs> the storm door with the cup and uh-huh. so that was one of the jokes um it took me a while to catch on about that there's a difference between a diaper and the big dipper so i used to call it the big dipper i used to call oh, it the big did? diaper uh-huh. Just stuff like that. But I made fun of his German, too. So right, it, yeah. it worked out. It was back and forth. So we spent that evening together and that night. And it was getting late. and and But we didn't want to part. And, you know, after a while, we started getting quiet and didn't have anything to say. It's two in the morning. We were starting to fall asleep on the balcony. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we just, yeah, it just kind of took off from there. And day three um, was time to say goodbye. And yeah. Again, lots of uncertainty and stuff, but we kept in touch ever since. So, so how several long times a day, you he would, would call me, or okay. or we would make, um, we would arrange a certain time to call, or you know, stuff like that. Um, and you were helping out with that young family too, right after he yes, lasted. Yes, and I apologize if I didn't pitch in the way I said I would, but um, yeah, I probably wasn't as much help as as they hoped but I don't remember too much of that so I do remember back then it was still very expensive to call home and I ran up their phone bill and I didn't realize how expensive that was. How many was. times did you call home? Uh, not I don't remember not often but like once a week? But it was like if you called for several minutes it would really add up yeah so um, it's not like today where $17 for an hour call. An hour call back then was like $200 kind ton, of thing. Yeah. So so it was challenging. You know, it would take two weeks to get a letter. Oh, I remember many times my mom's packages, care packages, just were 
a lifeline, lifesaver, you know. Yeah. So then the plan was that he was going to go to Rexburg, Idaho to go to what was then Rick's College. Is that still recording? It's still recording. We're still good. And um and attend Rick's College, but he would say that he would um he would be driving through Utah to get there. Yeah. And uh now one of the things I mentioned earlier is that How long after that meeting did was he going to Rexburg? Do you remember? I th- so he was working um, to earn some money and uh, for the summer, and then by fall, you know, fall semester. He went okay. Mm-hmm. And so he was working in Ohio, back in Ohio, and we wrote and and called and um. And yeah, it's kind of it's a very personal experience, but it was, it was uh, hard for me to trust that I could receive, that guidance and that answer to see is this the reason why I was supposed to come and stay. Right. Um, and I only, two months before I left Germany, I only told two people in the office I worked with that I wasn't going to come back, yeah. but that I wasn't going to make that a big announcement either. Your sister still didn't know, right? No. Mm-mm. And. Uh, so when did you tell your family? I don't remember. But my mom said she had a feeling at the airport that I wasn't going to come back until it was with the baby in my arms to visit. Really? And what about ha- your dad? And it happened there. I don't know. I, I never asked him. But <laughs> I wasn't that close to my dad, so. Yeah. Um, More with your mom you had those. So then I feelings. I uh, didn't quite trust um, uh, um, my ability to receive that revelation yet, that guidance. Um and so they were... Why didn't you trust, trust Because I was so yet? new at it. I was so new at it. Can you look but, back now and see some of that? And well, be the, like, that was it. I had a I, young... I had a young... Um, when I had to make a really tough decision up in Ohio, um, I had a young Relief Society president tell me um, that the same spirit that told you to come to America is the same spirit that tells you any other decision you need to make if you know how to ask and what... You know, the guidance feels like. So it's, of course, very important that we know what the spirit sounds like when to us yeah. personally. Yeah. Um, so um, so I, I received within that week three confirmations that I knew were from Heavenly Father um, that confirmed that I was looking. And I... I only he and I knew that I was asking that question, but I wanted mm-hmm. Dan to receive his own guidance in that regard and answer. Right. And he was up against some opposition. I had kind of free reign. I had nobody else mm-hmm. um, to have any input in that. So it was I wasn't influenced by any any voices or anything he outside had his voices. Still. He had his family, and there was some reasoning out of concern for him. There were some um, questions if that would be a good idea for us to be together, to be married. Um, How was your English at this point? um, Probably still very fragile. Yeah. I was only in the... So so when I received that guidance, and, and one of his letters was actually one of the three answers that I received that week, um... 
when I received that guidance and that assurance, um, then I said, then it doesn't make any sense that I'm here in Utah and he is in Idaho and we need to get to know each other in different ways. And, mm-hmm. um, and kind of solidify that. And, you know, and still acknowledging that he also had a choice, that he had agency, that even if he was given an answer that, you know, yeah, she's it, whether he would go through with it or not, right. depending on the yeah. opposition that was coming from, from other influences. So, yeah. so um, and yeah, he did, he did, uh, so I, I started going the route of then what do I need to do? What makes sense? And so I visited him in Ohio. Mm-hmm. Um, oh my gosh, that was a trip. Um, How long were you there? There's for? a BYU ride board. Does that? Oh yes. Do you remember mm-hmm. that? You mm-hmm. stick your your I little the request board. there. I need a ride to go, and um, so the Lord had His hands and from the beginning, from the get go. Once I received that, and uh, so one of the answers was that the driver of the car that I would drive in to get to Ohio from from Utah. That's like a two day two two day trip. Mm-hmm. Um, was actually in his home ward. So he oh, knew him. Okay. And um, That's convenient. That was very convenient <laughs> until we were in Nebraska in the middle of nowhere with the windows rolled down and this this uh this driver. So we were with two guys and two girls. And remember, this is Katya in the country for about I wanna say two weeks, three weeks. Yeah. So still barely any English. Uh-huh. And we're driving through Nebraska, nothing around, right? And air conditioning isn't working. Great. So all the windows down, I'm wedged between a suitcase and the window. And we stop at a gas station. And um, and the other driver, the other guy, was. it was his turn to drive. So the driver, the owner of the car, was going into the gas station and the other driver was getting situated in the driver's seat after they pumped gas. And so everybody meets up back in the car and the car starts driving and the sirens behind us go off and the cops pulled us oh, over great. because the guy going in thought that the the other guy that pumped the gas had paid for it. And so the gas wasn't paid for. <laughs> so, oh, no. so the... The owner of the car got handcuffed. We got taken to a station and and re- retained there for several hours. Oh my and gosh! While we were wait, waiting in a waiting area, and I was like <laughs> barely understanding what was going right. on. Yeah. So you're um, very nervous. I'm nervous. Yeah. And um. And so I get to Toledo at like I want to say five thirty in the morning, and it's humid and hot and. And Dan is waiting on the front porch in the chair, already excited. Mm-hmm. And you know, what do you look like after two days of exhaustion? And You're you, you spent like six hours in a police station, not speaking a word of I English. Know I would not be looking good. And I still, to this day, after thirty years, we have that ability as women. I think we can remember certain situations. We know what they were wearing, or what what the hair color was, the hairdo when we said something to each other that was meaningful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, instead of me remembering the romance of the moment, I remember him saying, 
you don't travel well, do you? That's what he said. <laughs> because of how exhausted I look. So that should have been... <laughs> Oh, Maybe I should just turn around and. <laughs> Why did I come here again? <laughs> so to this day, I just tease him like when You're we have a joking. when we have a moment when I, when I need to win an argument or something. Uh-huh. <laughs> I just throw that in there. So, but anyway, um, and he won't admit that was a jerky thing to say, especially after knowing I was at some police station. <laughs> I know. Well, he didn't know that right then. Either. No, he didn't. So. And so, um, so anyway. So how long were you there? Um, so for? those two weeks made up for that statement. Let's just okay. put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> and that's all I'm gonna share. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> out of the podcast. Um Yeah. So but anyway. what did so while you were there, his family was still getting to know you, right? Yes. Uh it was mom and two younger siblings that were there. Okay. And his dad was always around. Um but um, mom and dad were getting divorced while he was on his mission. So they were just okay. recently divorced. Yeah. So, um, but I remember feeling... There was a lot of change happening. And then when he brought you into the photo, to the picture, I think maybe mom had hesitations because of more change? Or no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say what? she did at the time, no. Um, and any hesitation, I would say, from her family side was out of concern um you know logically we when we're from the outside in we go logical right when you're just a couple yourself and this is all new it's like you could care less and and this is new this feels great and right Mm -hmm. so um so no that wasn't so much it um i know the plan was that he would go to rick's and so we actually drove back out towards Idaho together with me being dropped off in Utah. Oh, so everything was just an adventure, yeah. you know? I mean, you see the, the country, the people, new mm-hmm. country, new culture, new people, right? Oh, this is how it works. Oh, this is how it goes. And, and he was there with you from the beginning. And he was there came. from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And so there was a lot of German talking that was comforting because, you know. That made you feel less yes. out of place. Yes. And so... um going to call you in a minute. And then uh, we'll just have to hang up. So um, so then we he dropped me off in Utah, and um, we said our goodbyes. But, you know, like I said, shortly after that, I received that guidance, that revelation that this was to be it. But, again, I wanted him to receive his own answers and, right. and not be influenced by mine. So I just said, okay, well, it makes sense that we need to get to know each other further and stuff and see each other in different situations, feel each other mm-hmm. out that way. Um, and so I ended up in Rexburg eventually in Idaho where he was attending school and um, worked as if I was going to become a student but found out I could not yet because I didn't have a student visa. I was not permitted to work in the United States because um, I didn't have a work visa. So um, I just gathered and felt out the situation as much as I could, get a feeling for campus and meeting people and um, supporting him in his in his um, time there, during his time there. Um, and then... Um, I was actually living the first week in a hotel, and of course I couldn't afford that for long. 
um, or a cheap motel and yeah, that um, would get expensive. <laughs> and went and went to the housing office to ask um, where um, how I could find possibly a pla- place to stay that I could afford. And um, I guess my my accent was still very strong. Um, again, I'd only been in the country for about a month. And um, the door to the housing director's office was open and he stepped out. His name was Rick Page. And he said in German, fluent German, um, would I need it? And so I said, how come you speak German? And he said, I served my mission in Switzerland. So... You know, just nice. one thing kept going mm-hmm. after the other that just were not um, accidental. Um, definitely tender mercies of the yes. Lord. Um, and he then put an ad in the um, campus bulletin, a German student looking for a place to stay, um, willing to to work for free room and board, help with house and... and um, and um, childcare duties, and the next day, sixteen families called, and oh. um, so I could take my pics. Wow. So it was a very sweet experience, and I've met some incredible people because of it. Families, yeah. there was a young family with young children, um, not young children, but um, preteens and young children that took me in, and. Um, and then um, an elderly couple, the Kaziers, um, both of them in the meantime have passed away now. In fact, last year, Sister Kazir um, passed away. In our church, we call everyone um, brother and sister, unless we know their first names and are permitted to use their first names. Call them by their first names. So I just wanted to mention that on the side. Um, and so... Uh, I stayed with them last, and with this elderly couple, they had raised five children, and all of them were out of the house, so they had plenty of space. And it was actually their suggestion, or Brother Kazir, who said, um, well, now that you're engaged, so I guess I didn't mention that, but um, my first Christmas in in the States um, was spent in Ohio, so we drove to Ohio to his family to spend Christmas with them. And he Christmas... came down and picked you up from Rick. No, we were already in Rexburg at the time. Okay. Remember, I drove up and okay. was working. And so, um, and so we drove to Ohio, and um, and um, he proposed Christmas Eve in 1988. Oh, sweet. And then, um, and so when we came back to Rexburg, then... Um, brother Kazir. Um, the idea was that we would get married in the summer, so that his mom and siblings could come because of school break, and then um, and then um, and that maybe my family could come too. Yeah. But um, brother Kazir said it is best that you do what you need to do for yourselves. This is not about your families. This is about you, and so. Um, so why not do it sooner? And so so we decided on March. And so March 25th, 1989, we were sealed um, for time and all eternity. So for here on earth and hopefully in the eternities um, <laughs> on March 25th, 1989. And um, we, um, yeah, as we started the podcast, we celebrated 
30 years this yep. month. And, um, and we've, which is a big milestone for a lot of marriages. It is a these days. big milestone. And it wasn't an easy and simple thing to accomplish. No um, marriage is easy though. And this one was definitely not easy. And maybe because it was so, I don't know, by <laughs> bi, bicultural, what do you call it? Multicultural, I don't know. Um, Different backgrounds, um, you know, um, somewhat broken homes, definitely. Yeah. Um, But his mom came and two younger siblings. His mom and uh, the older, his older sister. Um, So he's the oldest of five. Um, And I think his younger sister was also there. what about your family? They could not make it. Um, I think my parents came that summer. So but they did but come we were visit. we were blessed in Germany already um, when he was a missionary because he was in my hometown for eight months, and the missionaries right. got free haircuts from my mom because she used oh, to be a nice. beautician. So we had the missionaries over quite a bit, and because they were non-members, it was you know permitted for them to be there and be there for dinner. Yeah. Eventually, as my mom could tell that I was getting serious about the church, um, she did not want that anymore. Um, yeah. So um, she wanted to make it harder for me to <laughs> to be connected there. Yeah. So um, so yeah. So we were married, and we have um yep. raised four four amazing kids, very different. Each are different in personalities, mm-hmm. and rightfully so. Uh, which ones are more like you and which oh my ones gosh. are more like Dan? I hope none of them are like me. Um, <laughs> well, you know, personality uh, traits carry with, you know, yes. to the kids. So I'm sure you've been able to see. Well, I always joke. Now looking back, um, you know, we have two blondes uh-huh. and two brunettes. Yeah. And so Ben and Laura are the brunettes and we have Hannah and Stephen. And I would think... You know, hair color has nothing to do with it. Of course, Stephen is bald now, but um, sorry, Steve. But um, but I would think those two have some commonalities there, mm-hmm. and then and then um, Laura and and Ben too. But but again, they're still so different in their own rights, right. um, and uh, they've been. Um, an incredible strength to me um, for many reasons and different reasons in their own respective ways right. and and probably even without knowing. Um, you know, there were times when uh, Dan and I were separated. I want to mention that for one year. Um, we were going through a really tough time and um, the Lord needed to intervene there and it was only for for him to intervene and get this get this back together um, after our hearts were softened but um, we needed that break and um, the kids were there to help you no not so much Hannah and Ben were still with us Um, Stephen and Laura were already gone actually Laura was on her mission she was serving in Seattle at the time Okay. so it was not easy to let her go and I know it wasn't easy for her to to leave but um it wasn't easy for anyone, um, but um, 
where was I going with this? So we were separated For and where was I going with this, Carly? There was a reason why I brought that in there. Um, we talked about the kids and their personalities. Yeah, okay, so um and I really do believe that the Lord brought wisdom to them to say something at the time when I needed it. Oh, that was what I was going to say. There were times during that separation when I just wasn't on top of things or were not very strong and vulnerability came definitely out. For which, your kids? Which I found can be a, is a real strength. Vulnerability, in my opinion, is strength, definitely. Yeah. Um, showing that you're at your limit and that you have limits, that you can't always be on top of everything. So. Yeah. So anyway, so here we are. Um, now we have one more left at home, which is our Ben, the Big baby. Ben. And he is not a baby anymore. He's turning 16 <laughs> next week. So he's he's making Scary. himself definitely known as a 16-year-old. But um, That's exciting, he's, though. He's, Does it make you feel slightly sad? He's easily lovable. <laughs> yes, he is. Um, and does it make me sad? Yes. And panicky at the same time. That empty nester thing is coming. Yeah. I think I'm hitting premenopause. So all of these changes are coming that um, I, you know, back then I was looking forward to, hey, when the kids are gone, we're going to do this and this and this. Right. And now that time is here and it's like, well, wait, we haven't been doing this. Yeah. <laughs> and we can still do it, but... um. But in the meantime, um, as I could tell that um, the marriage was on a decline, I thought if it goes into the direction of the big D, D word, the big scary word, um, the divorce direction, then I would need to um, get a get some kind of income going and get a marketable skill. And it was not hard for me to figure out actually what that was going to be um, because I went through physically through a really hard time and was healed with the Lord's guidance. And so in a way I wanted to give back and with healthy touch and a nurturing touch and hopefully healing touch. And so it was mm-hmm. massage therapy was, was the thing to do. Yeah. And so while Dan was in his last year of PA school, I, I decided and, and stumped him by saying, I'm, I'm going to go to massage school. So, um, and, um, and so I did and finished and graduated with honors and, and was very excited to have something. And then something you started to, right away? And no, I, um, so he, Graduated in 2011 in April and got a job here in Texas. Um, and so he, no, he graduated in December, but he had to get his license stuff oh, right, in yeah. place. And got his first job in April here in, in Texas. And so we were still, I was not finished with school until June. And the kids still needed to finish school, yeah. that school year. So we didn't come down until August. Um Oh my gosh! A lot of families do that. We always did that growing up. Yeah, we moved. We moved here on the hottest day in the history of Texas. I think it was, one hundred fourteen degrees outside in the middle of August, and the AC in my leather interior old Buick died um, six hours before we pulled in 
into the driveway. Oh so, my gosh. and I don't do well with heat. I get physically very ill um, when I'm exposed to it too long. So anyway, yeah, um, made it to Texas. Yeah, <laughs> and yes, if nothing else, well, if the rattlers aren't gonna do it, then mm -hmm. how about I? So made it to Texas, and here we are. And um, yeah, there's so much more to the story. There's so much more I want to point out in regards to where the Lord really, truly had a hand in it. But um, all of it coming from Germany, all of it took courage. And people have said, gosh, you're so gutsy. And I don't see myself that way. I just kind of handed myself over and, and said, okay, Lord, you tell me how to do it. But the comforting thing that I've learned is that um, he, he will lead but yeah. you got to put yourself in that quiet place. If you're yeah. in panic, if you're fearful, if you're constantly trying to be logical about things, um, he, he doesn't yeah. go by that. He, you know, as he says in the scriptures, his, his thoughts are not our thoughts. So, um, so I was very grateful to come to the point where it doesn't matter how much you try to be in control, eventually you need to hand yourself over if you want to, see things turn out right right you know yeah you'd so, be able to step out of the boat and trust that that indiana jones moment work. step out <laughs> yeah. on the ledge yeah. right yeah into the dark okay so, let well let me just ask you so talking about your kids and family mm-hmm oh no oh okay <laughs> talking about your kids um, something that, cause you've gone through a lot mm -hmm. and I know we haven't covered everything, mm -hmm. but I just could feel like you have been through so much more and which I really appreciate you even just telling this much mm -hmm. and it's eye opening to hear it, just your experience with you and Dan and you being over and your conversion to the gospel. I love that part. Mm -hmm. And I what, have your kids. You've pro, you've told your kids this story, right? Oh, yeah. What's something have they mentioned to you that they take from your story that they have, like, grown to, like, my mom, like, they probably see you as a strong woman. Very strong woman, right? Yes, um, with the exception of Ben, he's in his own world, rightfully like, so, at this age. He is, yes. Um, what is... But, but yes, they, they do, but then I look back and I can easily say, well, but how can you see me as a strong woman if I did this or if this happened? But or, that's where you have to start and, and telling then, yourself that. And then it's, it's really, and this is where I'm hoping these podcasts will lead us it's it's about what did you do with it when it was in that moment or when you found yourself in that like did your kids ever say something to you like growing up and be like like when it uh, pro like I know I've come to like realization with my mom like you know what I'm really actually proud of you to like do this like as your kid I'm, like, I'm seeing you do of this of course like I'm um, sure your kids have said something of course the along those lines to you it made you feel like my kids appreciate me. I guess that's where I'm getting. So when you come from a home like mine, there's um, 
so there wasn't so much physical abuse as emotional and verbal and um some quite a bit emotional neglect um but i think they as i aged they tried to make things better as i got older and went through high school and um but but then the word love is really hard because it's you can't trust it um it feels good at one point you want to open yourself up to it and then um but then you're also waiting for that shoe to drop again right and so yeah. um and that's for someone who hasn't been through it it's hard to understand but um so i remember a particular situation where i was standing in the kitchen mm-hmm. um and i don't know if i went when the podcasts were off, if I shared that with you, but um, when I was in the kitchen, I, I was doing something, like I was cooking something, and Laura um, was standing near me, and she was helping me, but she was being, in my opinion, sloppy about something, maybe. I don't, I don't recall <laughs> what the situation was. You know, she was, she was Ben's age at the time, or younger, mm-hmm. and, and, um, and I was trying to teach, but I was using... Um, I was using sarcasm and um, to express that frustration and also teach at the same time. And I think something that came out was, well, if you would have been in my home, this wouldn't have blah, 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 whatever. And, and she looked at me and said, yeah, but you're not your mother. And it, right. It stumped me. It, it it froze me in a good way because right. it was like it was a compliment at the same time as it was she called me out. She said, Don't be like this or don't she made me aware where yeah. something I would have very easily said without any care to what I just said or how it might affect her. Right. And I still have days I think where I do that. And 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 I so um appreciate that she can feel comfortable enough with me to call me out on it when I do that. That, you know, I I grew up, yeah. I mean, my, see, as an adult, looking back, you understand, you get it, if what what didn't go right. In fact, it's the healthy thing to do, to learn mm-hmm. what went wrong and why. Why are the people the way they are? I don't just see the black and white of their behavior, but I, I like to dig deeper and go, why... Did they react this way in those situations or yeah. something? Um, you can see it more as you get older. Right. Like, for example, my mom, um, when, when we were first married, um, it, was, it was almost like um, a thing for me to go to Germany every two years um, at the beginning, even with little kids, because the funds were there for my parents to help us. And it was much, much cheaper back then. Um, and so now it's been 10 years since I've seen them. Um, you know, it was yeah. different back then. And so, um, but I go back, we've been married. We didn't have kids yet. We've been married for a year. And I go back to visit, and um, which was my first time back. And on the last day I broke my tailbone walking down the apartment building where I grew up. I was in a, 
on a, on a fourth floor, the highest floor in that building, the yeah. top floor, in an apartment where I grew up. And, and so concrete steps were in the hallway oh. leading down. And so I slipped and fell and broke my tailbone. And the oh. next day, I had a flight back to Utah. Yeah. And it was excruciating. I passed out from the pain. My dad helped me upstairs into the apartment. Um, and I was laying on the couch, going between passing out and being being fully conscious. And, Great. oh, my gosh, what, you know. And and uh, a couple hours later, I needed to pack the bag um, for the flight the next day. Um, and my mom gave me the suitcase and kind of dropped it on the floor, opened it up and said, here, you pack yourself. And, and to this, to, to like for years, I could not understand what the heck, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, I, I, on my end, I would have reacted differently. I would have, um, made sure that that flight gets canceled, that there's some recoup time, you know? Um, and stuff like that, and figured out what we could do in terms of easing the pain. But but maybe I wouldn't have. And so the reason why I say that is, as I became a mother and as I had, as they aged and went off to college, why was she reacting that way? Well, now I think I got a glimpse because it was all out of her control. Her child, her baby, was in pain. Uh-huh. She was going back to America the next day. There. She wouldn't be able to help. And I didn't like the idea, now I'm talking for my mother, I didn't like the idea that she went in the first place and left. Because there was codependency. She needed me, actually, to feel validation as a mother and... um and so when I made the decision to go to the States, you know, there, there's all that dysfunction and stuff that she needed for herself to survive the mess and the, the horrible things that happened in her life. As the years passed by, I learned all this and it de- mm-hmm. gave me the opportunity to develop compassion, not confusion, but um, and, and allow myself to heal and see who was this girl as she grew up? What did she go through in her two marriages? Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of horrible stuff did she go through? That yeah. The bits and pieces that I heard or read that I could piece together. So right. all of a sudden you can then, years and years later, come from a place of compassion. But it was a horrible experience at the moment right. when it happened. Right, then and there. You know? So... Um, it takes so, time to heal those things. So I think that is the biggest um, accomplishment that I want to share, and maybe we should end it on this note, is the... Um, the relationship I have with my kids is a thousand times better, even though I'm so flawed, even though um, I did not take on certain patterns from home, and yet there's always something that rubs off, you know, like this comment yeah. in the kitchen many years ago. Yeah. Um, and and that's why I have these these four teachers, or I should say maybe witnesses to my life, to help me recognize, to help me yeah. call me out, and to face that, and address that, and um, become aware of it, and and make the changes. You know, our hopes is always with our kids that they're they're better than we are. That's what my as, parents always right? told us. 
and Why you be better than us right and so they were pretty good with what they understood and what you know back then it wasn't the norm to go to a bookshelf and take a parenting book off the shelf um or or go to marriage counseling or things like that you know so looking back I understood more and more over the years that these were post-board parents post-board children they 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 were raised by parents that you don't complain about what's on the plate you eat what's on it you don't worry about portion sizes or anything if you have food on the plate you can be grateful you Mm -hmm. know because of what they had or the lack of especially after world war ii so um i think that's great so um i think that that evolving and and that's really what i celebrate in my heart is evolving out of the marriage or the marriage trouble evolving out of raising kids um you know am i better because of it um i know my kids are very appreciative they they point that out and and they always did once they were aware of things that that we would do or that i did do um you know in their own way they would um yeah they're not gonna say it in the same way in or, the same way that you would expect them no to. uh when they were little they drew pictures but as they got older they would find their own ways of you know saying the right thing at mm-hmm. the right time i truly believe that they were often guided to say the right thing at the right time mm-hmm. and and become my teachers and i love that so um yeah there's so much to our stories right um yes. but but my hope in starting these podcasts was and i'm 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 sad to know that you're moving away but um, your life needs to move forward with Mac, and I'm excited for you guys to go into that future, into that chapter. But we will be able to do these recordings from from a distance, um, and our hope is to to um, to bring these stories to people so that that connection can be made, and that that even though we walk around all day long being strangers at the store or at at the beauty salon or wherever you go and where we need to go and do um that that there's a oh you too that there's an understanding of um that there's connection you know in our diversity and in our stories um and so that's that's my hope to bring that out is there something you want to wrap this up I just love everything that you just shared. Uh, <laughs> I do. It's don't been, make me cry. It's been, <laughs> it's been really eye-opening to just hear your story and you and Dan and you and your kids and the things you shared. It's just... Thank you. It, I, I just And imagine it. the people that we're going to bring on this and how inspiring they're going to be, mm-hmm. you know, and hopefully to others too. So. Yeah. All right. Well, we got to wrap this up and we hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, and I appreciate Carly forever and ever. Goodbye. Bye.